The entire team at the Emsolation Podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians and cultures of the lands and seas on which we live and work. We pay our respects to all First Nations peoples, elders and ancestors. We acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and stand in solidarity towards a shared future. I personally want to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I record this podcast every week, the Wurundjeri people. I recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place I call home. Always was, always will be. M. Luciano. I've become the vagina lady. And Michael Lucas. Me saying to you that Beyonce has done a Whitney tribute is basically me going down on you. This is M. Salation. I, I dispute the theory. Why? And, and what the reason? What are your facts? I don't care for them. <laughs> You're in Emsolation. Well, hello there, and welcome to the Emsolation second birthday podcast episode. Oh my goodness, two years! We started the podcast on April the 9th in 2020 from my roof. Michael was at his house. We're in hard lockdown, and here we are. How has this happened? We're in our third year. We've had, I guess we would be close on 200 episodes. I don't know. I haven't counted. There's been a lot. So welcome. My name is M. Rossiano. I'm a writer, a singer, a stand-up comedian, a maximalist power queen, a neurodivergent magic brain. And together with my best friend, screenwriter and podcaster, Mr. Michael Lucas, we've been bringing you this podcast for now two years. Oh, just take a moment to reflect. This week we had our live show What a triumph. What a wonderful birthday party. But today is all about, look, we're going to reflect on one episode in particular that always gets brought up. It's our most listened to by a country mile. I love it. You're all so horny. So we're going to be talking about that. And also Geraldine Hickey, one of my favourite comedians, will be popping in to wish us a happy birthday. She's got a new stand-up special out on Paramount+. Plus. What a surprise. That's what it's called. I'm like, I mean, it's not a surprise. She has a stand-up special, but the show is called What a Surprise. She's also performing at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival at the moment. So if you are looking for someone to see, I highly recommend going to check out Jez. She's going to be popping in. And also we have a little bit of a, look, I have a book that I wrote called Try Hard and I also recorded the audio book. Michael Lucas wrote the foreword and he recorded himself reading out his words and I've never included it in the podcast. A little treat for those of you who haven't listened to my audio book, but you should because it's me narrating it. And what is more soothing than my voice (laughs) narrating my own words for almost two hours? (laughs) You'll love it. But um, I just thought we've never put it in the podcast and it would be a nice way, I think, to round out the second birthday episode. But we'll get straight into it, I think. I'm going to say play the music because, I mean, how can I not do it? But... I do just want to take a moment to truly look you all in the eye. I'm looking at you and thank you for allowing me to make this thing the way I want to make it on my terms with my people. It's truly the dream and I went through a lot of heartache and pain. You've all come on the journey. You know <laughs> you know the bruises and the damage that have occurred over the last 17 years, but I think all worth it to have led me to this spot as I sit here in my very own studio that I'm able to pay for with my team sitting outside that I pay a wage to. There's a bin room, you know, like you really know you've made it when you've got some personal skims. (laughs) But I don't 
take it for granted at all. I mean, I have worked bloody hard. As Snoop Dogg says, I'd like to thank me. In fact, Zeke, put that in. Put the Snoop Dogg speech in. I want to thank me for believing in me. I want to thank me for doing all this hard work. I want to thank me for having no days off. I want to thank me for just being me at all times. That's me. I'd like to thank me for showing up, for working hard, but also truly want to thank all of you emsolators who let us into your lives each week. And you have a lot of choice. Every motherfucker has a podcast. Everyone. Every single person. It's like when you introduce yourself and you say you've got a podcast, you watch the light leave people's eyes. Oh, yeah, cool. So is my mum. You know, it's not, there's not a lot of credibility in saying you've got a podcast because truly there's no standards. Anyone can start one. <laughs> and they have. And they do. It's like, it's like when you try and solve, you know, we're like thermomix people. It's a cult. Everybody who does it once is like, oh, yeah, yeah, you should do it. You should totally do it. And podcasts should be a privilege, not a right, but they're not. Anyway, let's get into it now. We've got a lot to get through on our second birthday bonanza episode. Play the music. M. Luciano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. Righto. Well, let's get into it. We did survey everyone on what's the one episode you feel encapsulate M. Salation? Like if you were to recommend us, if you were to say, hey, I've got this great podcast I listen to and, and the person you're saying it to says, oh, yeah, show me, like prove it. And you would just whip out an episode that we recorded on the 10th of June called Are You Lost Baby Girl? And Are You Lost Baby Girl? Now remember, we were in a hard lockdown and there was a lot of Netflix being launched and they dropped a movie called 365 D&I or 365 Days. And 365 Days, let me explain it to you. In it we meet Massimo Torricelli. He's a member of a Sicilian mafia family. Of course he is, how all great love stories start. (laughs) Bear with me. Now he kidnaps casually Laura who's a sales director of a luxury hotel, so he can hold her captive for 365 days and in that time she must fall in love with him. If she does not fall in love with him, she's allowed to leave. But she, it's kind of like a weird reverse Beauty and the Beast. It's, yeah. You know, and it, it really, now I'm saying, <laughs> now I'm saying the synopsis out loud in the clear light of day. It's really problematic. This is a very problematic movie, but it did capture our hearts and imagination. It makes Fifty Shades of Grey look like Home and Away. It's super horny. It's got lots of saucy angles. There's a yacht sex scene captured on a drone. It's it's wild. So what you're going to hear now is Michael and I reacting to the first time we've kind of spoken after both of us took in this extraordinary cinematic offering <laughs> 365 DNI. Enjoy. I have so much to say, and I'm just bursting from all of the stimulus that I've taken in. <laughs> so I just want to preface this all with the whole concept is problematic, obviously. Terrible. <laughs> it's absolutely terrible. Are you lost, baby girl? It's so hard to pick the, the best part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you lost, baby girl? He says that a lot. I mean, you just need to play that a few times. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Are you lost, baby girl? Are you lost, baby girl? Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. I can't. There's so much. I'm so overwhelmed. Happy to have been a service. 
Michael texted me last night and he's like, do you want to talk about that weird sex film on Netflix? And I was like, what? So I got up this morning and I literally Googled weird sex film Netflix. And <laughs> I'm so glad that it came up. Well done, Google. It came up like first thing. And we're referring to the movie 365 Dinny or 365 Days. Some of the greatest dialogue of the show. Beautiful women are heaven for the eyes, hell for the soul, purgatory for the wallet. <laughs> <laughs> True, true. I just feel like Massimo went from zero to kidnap very quickly. It was unclear why that had to be his strategy going forward. The first sex scene takes place with her vibrator, which is a real letdown. (laughs) Oh, by the way, she also has a heart problem. That's important. She faints (laughs) a lot. The film, just as a whole, is dedicated to montages. The pop music kicks in. Can we talk about the multiple Eurovision power pop ballads that happen every (laughs) three minutes? The whole thing is Fifty Shades of Grey, the Eurovision performance. (laughs) I would describe it. We've gone a a one hour and six minutes with no sex except for the vibrator. One hour... Um, and seven minutes, we get drone yacht sex. And the drone yacht sex, my God. Because <laughs> that cameraman, honestly, practically would have been penetrated himself or herself. <laughs> he was it, I was thinking things like, what about the captain? What about the person driving the yacht? <laughs> and also, doesn't isn't it implied, doesn't he say something like, we only slept one hour? Oh, yeah, the implication hour. is yeah. they've gone a full 23 hours. Yeah. <laughs> But I have nothing to wear. She's totally forgotten she's been kidnapped by now, guys. And then two gays appear in loud floral suits and we've got another montage. (laughs) It is a mafia dude with a heart of gold who kidnaps women. (laughs) And a penis of steel. (laughs) And a penis of steel. You do not see his penis. No matter how active he gets, no matter how much the camera's flipping around, that editing is so precision. It gets so close. And I pause. You get slight top of peen, slight top of peen, a hint of peen. (laughs) We should have given a warning. His theory seems to be if I, if make you watch me get a blowjob from someone else, you're just going to fall in love with me. Yeah. (laughs) I think there's some holes in that theory. I think there's some larger theories at play that also have some holes. Yeah, it's really hot. Like, it's sexy. And if you've been, like, locked up in, in, in isolation as a single, it would be quite potent and dangerous to watch. If you're just looking for something to watch that's hot and you can get over, you can get over this document, you can completely put your morals aside. It's just why I was put on this earth to watch process, deeply think about, and then talk to you. We would have had this conversation with a microphone or not, by the way, guys. We were. That's why we were laughing so much. Oh. Now, look, if you haven't watched it, I know you're going to go and watch it now. You must. Now, it didn't stop there. We dedicated another episode to this movie. We really got into it. Where during a Q&A at one of you asked me how I would envisage the 365 DNI musical. Sex on a yacht, sex on a yacht, we're gonna have sex on a yacht. There'll be a drone, baby, let's bone, we're gonna have sex on a yacht. It's a bit of a Shirley Bassey tone that's coming into your voice, which I appreciate. 
<laughs> and then there'll be a ballad. Are you lost, baby girl? I'm totally gonna kidnap you. Don't be sad, baby girl. My Italian castle has the best views. You've got it here to love me. If you don't, I'll let you go. Don't bother trying to flee. I've got henchmen surrounding the chateau. You did manage to rhyme at the end. I mean, you're a veritable Lin-Manuel. Well done. Well, if you thought we were going to stop at the musical, think again. Unbeknownst to me, Michael Lucas then took it a step further and tracked down Michele, who is the lead, the mafia boss Massimo, and he paid for a cameo. Now, for those of you who don't know what a cameo is, basically there's a lot of celebrities on there who... Look, to politely say they're past their prime and you can pay them to basically send any message you want. Michael found that the lead was on, Miguele was on Cameo and wanted to get me a saucy message, wanting to get me a message that might get me through the long winter nights of lockdown and let's just say the message didn't quite go to plan. Just M's relation listeners, M has no idea what's happening right now. It's a, she's a control freak and her lack of control is probably spinning her out. Why are you hijacking yep. the podcast? What? What? Yep. Well, you'll understand. I'm hijacking the podcast because we, we have a special word from an outside person. What? Now, regular listeners know of our obsession with the film 365 DNI. What have you? What have you done? <laughs> well, oh. we noticed in our surveillance that the lead, and how do you say his name? Michele. Michele. Michele yeah. Marone. Ma- Ma- Marone, yeah. Michele Marone, yes. Massimo. It became. Oh my God. It became apparent. <gasps> Shit, you buried the lead. I know. It became apparent that he is now, you can pay for him to deliver personalised <gasps> video messages. Wait, this ends, this is really becomes an epic fail. And so I knew about this and I thought, okay, well, I mean, obviously I need to get it for M. I need you to did. get <laughs> Michele saying something to her. So I went on, you got to pay for it. He claims it's all going to charity. Just, just so you know, I know I'm, again, giving more to this film that is probably a terrible film with terrible values, but he does swear that all the money he gives to charity. So I went on and filled it out. And you've got to pick, like, a reason why you you need this message. Like, is it birthday yep. or is it, you know, what it is? And I said my reason was encouragement. <laughs> This is perhaps where I started to go wrong. Okay. And I wrote, my friend Amelia, you know, she's going through a bit of a hard time. We've gone back into lockdown. We're in a pandemic and she's got a baby. It's barely sleeping and it would be so great, <laughs> Michele, if you just could tell her things are going to change and just maybe remind her one day she'll be back in Europe. She might even end up on a yacht in the Mediterranean. And also, P.S., she really loves it when you say, are oh, you lost, baby girl? So basically I put that out and what I was hoping is that he would sort of pick up what I was putting down and go... Em, I know you're struggling, but trust me, I'll be on a yacht waiting for you. Yeah. Uh, that's what I was hoping okay. for. Let's just say, didn't quite, he didn't quite take the bait. And, um, but anyway, we got the message and um, uh, Em can't see it at the moment, so she's going to have to listen to it first. I apologise, it's bad sound quality. He's apparently doing it from a car at night. I can confirm that he is wearing a very, very low-cut white singlet <laughs> and a gold chain, so he's got that part of the brief. Wait, does he say my name? Yes. Yes. Okay, let's, we'll just, I will, we'll play what he says. I'll read out what he says afterwards. Okay, here we go. Are we ready? Hey, Himalia. Hi, it's Mickey here. Um, I've 
got a message. Someone told me that you barely slept during this pandemic because you your new baby. You know, I, I know what does it mean not to sleep with kids. You know, it's very difficult. So I think that one day you will go back sleep in a very good way. Don't worry about anything. Take care. Oh. <laughs> okay, sorry. In case you couldn't make it out. Well, I was hoping he might go with basically, let's face it, I'll shag you senseless on a yacht, baby girl. That's what I was hoping he was going to go with. I wasn't even thinking you would in the end mention the baby, but instead, basically, we got parenting advice. Or parent, I don't even know. So he said, hi, Amelia, it's Mickey here. I've got a message. Someone told me you've barely slept during this pandemic because of your baby, you know. I know what it means not to sleep with kids. It's very difficult. So I think one day you will go back to sleep in a very good way, you know. Don't worry about anything. Take care. So where I hoped he would say, Em, I'm going to fuck your brains out, he essentially says, you go to sleep now. It is the least sexy (laughs) message. I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. Oh, good. Well, I do encourage you. I know there's a 365 DNI sequel being currently filmed, so expect an entire three or four episodes to us breaking that down. (laughs) And please go back and listen to that episode, Are You Lost Baby Girl, uh, 10th of June 2020, as I said, if you haven't yet, because it's, look, we come in at 100 and it doesn't slow down at all. All right, coming up next, because it is our birthday, because I want to spoil you and thank you, we're going to be joined by comedian Geraldine Hickey. Now, Hickey is someone I've known for a very long time. You're going to hear she, to see she, she won Beshell at the Comedy Festival last year. And for me, seeing that happen, you know when good things really happen to good people. It was so great. She's unapologetically herself, which obviously I love. She has a new special on Paramount+. Plus. What a surprise. She's also currently performing in the comedy festivals. So coming up next is my chat after this short break with the wonderful Geraldine Hickey. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is, is, is M. Salation. All right. Here we okay. go. <clears throat> One of my favourite comics and we met in a back alley when she was straight. And had long hair. Shut up, really? Yeah, Geraldine Hickey, welcome. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Tell me more about that time. I reckon it was one of the first times I'd ever done stand-up. I'd met Ronnie Chang and Luke McGregor that night for the first time. And I met you and you were just, I think you'd just done a spot at Spleen, maybe? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And that's when we met for the first time. You had ponytail? Oh, my goodness me. And that would have been in 2012. So 10 years ago. I yeah. would have come out just not long after that. Yeah, like, it, it, was it was very soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yes, no, you're a lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was like, there was, I said, oh, she's great. Yeah, Why is she doing dick jokes, but? <laughs> <laughs> Can't get a boyfriend. I don't know what's going on. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with me, everyone's gay till proven straight. So it could have gone either way. Yeah. Really. I'm definitely gay. You are gold star. <laughs> you are so on brand and committed. You're committed to the brand of lesbian. I am. Like, I'm going to marry a woman. Yeah. And I'm um, very happy about that. You're also leaving this chat to go to the caravan and boating show. 
Just a caravan, no boats, just oh. caravan and camping. <laughs> I'm very excited. <laughs> I might go back again on the weekend depending. We just don't know how big it's going to be and what we, you know, will we get it all in in one go? Who knows? <laughs> and what are you wanting to what are you wanting to purchase? Just a remind we well, we're get, just yeah, we're looking yeah. at um, eventually one day we want to get a slide on camper yeah. to go on the back of our ute, which we already have, of course. Um, I love it, and you get a slide. But you can get these campers that have that are fully decked out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the only way I would camp. Toilet, shower, oh, good, good. all of that. Slide that on the back of your ute, and away you go. Oh, right? yes. You just live off the ute. You could, yeah. Oh. We wouldn't live off it. No. We've got we're not animals. a couple of properties for that. Yeah, we, so. We've got a holiday house. Guys, Geraldine's got a holiday house. I don't know if you know. In Venus Bay. Oh, should I say that? Is that okay for people to yeah, know? Yeah. Okay, good, yeah. I mean, you're doing well. You're at the Arts Centre currently. I know, yeah. Doing the, the comedy festival at the moment uh, in a show called uh, Now I've Got a Boat. <laughs> <laughs> Because we bought a boat. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of? It's just a tinny. Dummy. We don't know how to use it, but uh, you have you used it? Yeah, yeah. We've taken it out a couple of times, but every single every time we've taken it out, we've had to get a man to start it for us. Oh, so it's not good. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but we get it. there once we get going. Yeah, it's you'll fine. be unstoppable. Yeah, yeah. 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 So you good. think you're ready for an, an upgrade on the tinny? Uh, no, not not yet. We'll we'll kind of we'll master the tinny. <laughs> but do you know what would be good if we if we do get a bigger boat, um, we'll just get one where you just have to turn the key to start it. That's yeah. what we need. Well, I feel like your next boat could have staff. You Ooh. know? No, if you've got a couple properties, I think that's just around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you play your cards right. You get, you get this. Uh, Geraldine's got a special what a surprise. Yes. Uh, it's out on Paramount+. Plus. You know why it's hard to tell people it's your birthday? Um, it's because it's impossible not to say it without sounding like a five-year-old. <laughs> G'day, it's my birthday today. <laughs> I was at the supermarket. And I was at the checkout. I was just having this internal debate over whether or not I should tell the checkout chick it was my birthday. Mind you, I was at the self-serve checkout. I sat and watched it and was fucking... You're such a good story. You're a good storyteller. Oh, thanks, mate. I mean, you are. Like, yeah. that's the, I mean, that's important in your job. But mm. um, it, it was a romp of birthdays and proposals and sexy dolphins. Like, the sexy <laughs> dolphins for me was a highlight. Geraldine doesn't like dolphins because she thinks that... They they love sex too much. Yeah. Why are that? You know, they're all like, Ugh. you know, they and they know, they know that we know that they love sex, mm. and they flaunt it too much. Yeah, right. You know, they will come and rub next to you, like, oh, come on, not touch me there. I don't want. I don't want to get amongst that. <laughs> dolphins come up again in this new show. Oh, so I, I fed dolphins in Monkey Mire. <laughs> but you're a shark person. Yeah, love sharks. You love a shark. My three-year-old son loves sharks and dinosaurs. There, he's like, if you, and if you can get a combo, a dino, oh. a dino shark, you've got him. He's in. Well, sit him down to watch the Meg. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. also available on Paramount Plus. How <laughs> do you say that? I was scared of sharks, and my dad, when I was thirteen, thought the way to cure me was to put me in front of Jaws, and he oh, did. No, that's silly. That's what he did. My ethnic father goes, I know how to cure it. Yep. That's uh, such a great movie though, isn't yeah, it? it's still. Like, but we, it's too much for we're at, too Nah, young. we were at Rye for the other Italians and I was not going anywhere near that beach. <sighs> but he didn't want me to because he fucking hates sand. So oh. that was his plan all along. Yeah, he doesn't want sand. My dad had a beach house but didn't want didn't go to the beach. 
Wow. And didn't want sand in the house or the car. Yeah, fair enough. We were the kids having to wash our feet at the beach in a little ice cream container that he bought, Neapolitana <laughs> three flavour. <laughs> Just one, rinse them off. I'm going, oh, my God. So we're there putting our feet in them before we're allowed to get in the car. Oh, you yeah. should just get an outdoor shower when you get home. <laughs> it's a waste. Italians do not believe in outdoor showers. Why would oh, they do that? Okay. Waste the water. But I suppose you, that's no good because you still get sand in the car. Yeah, no. So. And the sand has to be stopped at the beach or Dad's on a mission. So, oh. yeah. Should, should have bought a river house. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We have one. That's where we live. <laughs> oh, I am a dirty river kid. My husband hates it. Yeah, I this love is, the river. Do you love it? Yeah, yeah, I grew up on the on the Murray, so I grew up on in Albury. So, except I didn't swim in in the river till I was uh, much much older, like when I was sixteen. Because mm. first time we went down to the river uh, when we were kids. It was some launch of a paddle steamer and there was kids like swimming in the river and I was like, oh, Mum, I want to swim in the river. This is like when I'm young enough where you just take, you, you just have your shorts on. Or get in your undies. Yeah, get yeah, in your undies. Don't worry about yeah, it. Get yeah. in. And I was like, Mum, please, can I go? She goes, no, 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 you can't go over swimming. There's the, the current's too strong. And she said, she said current. Mm. She goes, you can't because of the current. And I was had in my head that she was saying carrots. <laughs> and I was looking, <laughs> like, what are you on about? <laughs> there are no carrots no in that carrots. water. And also, what are the carrots going to do? Are there, are there carrots with hands that are going to drag me under the water? I just oh, that's terrifying. spent the whole time just being utterly confused as to why mum wouldn't let me swim in the river because of the carrots. Uh, I just thought of, did you watch Cat Weasel? Just imagine someone like, do you know who Cat Weasel is? No. That really divides people, whether they've seen Cat Weasel or not. Just creepy old. There's a show they used to make for kids in England of this creepy old hobo that used to hide in the bushes and play with the local kids. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that would definitely fly now. <laughs> <laughs> Cat Weasel. Cat Weasel. You should look up Cat Weasel just so you can get the visual. But okay. I imagine yeah. he would have carrots as fingers and be dragging children under. I don't know. That's yeah, that's, just, that's terrifying, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. We'll show you cat weasel before you leave. You'll understand why that would be terrifying. You are here on our second birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Yes, this podcast started in isolation with my with Michael Lucas. And ridiculously, is we've got an office now. Oh, you'll appreciate this. Mm-hmm. Got the office. I don't know I think, but you will. And um, I was looking for the bin. Where's the bin? They're in the council because I'm obsessed with bins and rubbish removal. Yeah. And then um, they were going to deliver me a bin. And then I went for a little trot in the car park, opened the door. There's a skip room. There's a skip room. I have skips. Oh. I have skips. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that yes, is good. Right? Oh, skips, big wow. ones for all the rubbish, all different types. Of, like it's recycling, household, green, in a whole room to my, at my it's skips, all personal there. skips. In my mind, just my own personal skips. I bring scrapping rubbish from home. I take stuff from my parents. I would do. I'm, I'm a garbage lady I'm now. I'm not too far. I'm going to. No, you pop can use around. it. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> my dad does. My dad's like, oh, I've got a few boxes from the fruit shop. Can I just, okay, yeah, sure, put them in the skip. How good is it when, you know, those big trucks come around and they take that hard rubbish yeah. and, the, and they demolish it as mm. it goes mm. in? Mm. I used to work at a, um, years ago, worked at a holiday program, like after school care, yeah. and I would just once a week this this truck would come and pick up this hard rubbish from near, and I would just stand at the window and watch it for like five minutes <laughs> until I get told, <laughs> like, so Charlie, this, you need to watch the kids. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, come on, kids, come over yeah, and watch yeah. this. Look at it's this. Great. Who doesn't love a truck? Oh. I was I don't know what it is about. It's fine. Yeah, it's just I was so excited. It has made the rent at this place just worth it. I don't care. Yeah. I just love it. It's very it. cleansing as well. Oh, like, you know. Yes. No, you know where obsessed. to put something. Yes. Get I, rid of it. If, Go on. I do. I do and I love it. So, um, yeah, it's our second birthday. We're here and you and I, I think, well, 
a lot of anxious people do. Birthdays, mm -hmm. they're not fun. <laughs> and I got sent to my room pretty much every birthday at my own parties from the age of four to 12. <laughs> like I would be so overwrought and badly behaved in front of my friends. Oh. My mum, Jenny, and I would watch my birthday parties from my bedroom where I'd been sent in disgrace. Because would you crack it like over pass a parcel? Yeah, yeah, something stupid or like, yeah, or I'd just talk to mum like she was this, like the help. Mum, where are the party pies? Oh. She's like, right, go to your room. Yeah, because that's what we're set up for. Right? It's a special day. Exactly. How do we handle it? I what are we supposed to, to do? Yep, yep. Straight away I was in it and so badly behaved. And then on my 13th birthday party, I didn't get sent to my room, but, like, I was very unpopular at school for a multitude of reasons. And I had this big 13th birthday <laughs> and I bribed everyone to come and I'm like, this is my moment. This is my moment to win everyone back. So I made my dad learn the opening riff to Sweet Child of Mine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and as... Unpopular. As every guest entered, I would say, okay, go. Stop. Okay, they're gone. Next one. Oh my God. 35 times. 35. <laughs> <laughs> and so that happened. And then Pasquale Scatuccio, a guy who was so mean to me, but I invited him anyway, uh, he blew incense, patchouli incense in my guinea pig Oswald's face, and the guinea pig died. <gasps> So we have a dead guinea pig at my 13th what birthday. What, it died straight away? Yeah, guinea pigs are very sensitive. You're an animal person. You must know that. Oh. They're very sensitive. And Oswald did not like that patchouli incense. The I don't like, I would have. Yeah, yeah, like dead at my birthday. So we'd had the heights of Guns N' Roses entrances. Wow. Yeah, it was a wild birthday. It was a wild. So I'm bad. I'm really and you talk a lot in your in your special in What a Surprise. I was listening going, I, I, I see you. I'm a big occasion, like, I'm a big occasion yeah. anxious psycho. Yeah, because I don't know, yeah, you don't know what to do and it's like that, you know, you get built up mm. and it's, you know, you know it's a really special day but you don't know. And then everyone's really casual about it. Yeah. Like, Everyone's what? like, oh, really casual. But you're like, um. <laughs> I got excited. <laughs> yes. I really got over it. I couldn't sleep what? last night. It's like, what's going to happen on my birthday? Yeah. Nothing. And you end up, when you get older, you have to organise it. You have to do the dishes. Like, what yeah. the fuck? I don't want to be on the night of my birthday at midnight cleaning the wine glasses. But yeah. I am because I don't want to wake up to mess. Exactly. So well, you're very smart. I always wake up to mess. But I... Uh, and because of it, and I talk about this in, in the show, the show's called What a Surprise so because I I knew that um, because it was my 40th uh, a couple of years ago and I knew that I'd get a lot of the, oh, you're 40, what are you going to do oh, for God. your 40th? Yep, oh, yep. you got to do something. Mm. And um, so to avoid all of that and to working out what I was going to do, I said to my partner, Kath, can you please organise <laughs> me a surprise 40th? <laughs> Cause it, and it's genius for two reasons. Number one, obviously I don't have to organise no. it. And um, and number two, um, everyone that gets invited to the party is at the party <laughs> as far as I know. Yeah. Because when I organise things, it's last minute. Same. And oh, it's the day just, before and I apologise. You don't have to, only if it's convenient. Like, yeah. please, like, you can just, I don't even care. Maybe don't even, like... Answer. Just but I will be here. Yeah, just come along. It's like a drive-by. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna sit quietly. I'm just gonna be at the pub. <laughs> just pop in if you're around. But I will say, you know, you send it to everybody. Yep. But then only like five percent of the people that yep. you message turn up. Yeah, which is lovely. But also Still you spent rejected you, the whole all day. Oh my god. <laughs> and I always say to people, don't tell me you can't come. 
Just make it a surprise. Yes. Because I yes. feel like every single time I get a sorry mate, I take it like, well, they wish I was dead. Oh. <laughs> I hate me. And it's the same what during, have I done? you know, doing doing comedy festival. Oh, yeah. It's less so nowadays, but back when I would get like, you know, 10 people coming to my show. Oh, <laughs> and I'd get, you know, someone would message you, go, oh, yeah, we're coming to your show tonight. We're coming to your show. And then they wouldn't come. Oh. And, you can oh. see and when you're in a 25 seater, it's you obvious. see that seat, mate. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. the worst. It's so true. Oh. And I always found like if you offer comps to friends and family, they don't fucking come. So no. I stopped. I made friends and family pay in the end. Yeah, because I could see there's six rejections sitting in a row <laughs> in the producers' holds. <laughs> I hate M. <laughs> Fine, like they better be dead or we're done. Yeah. Really? The le- yeah, so it's true. It's so true. Um, so your festival shows at six, which is so appealing to my audience. Oh, six o'clock, five o'clock on a Sunday. <laughs> it's just living. you got to get a, get in quick because those Sunday shows yeah. sell out really quickly. Yeah, she's made it, guys. She's uh, doing a fucking matinee <laughs> at the Arts Centre. Like, truly. It is. Uh, yeah, and at the Arts Centre. Like, I was in a pub three years ago. Oh. It's I just... understand. You know I understand. <laughs> yeah. I played the supply cupboard in the forum there. It was called the oh, remember yeah, the, the carpet pe- yeah, room. Yeah, yeah, but And it was, it was called the carpet room because that's where they stored the carpet. carpet. <laughs> I had to sit I had to sit inside like in a, in a sink. I was in yeah. a catering cupboard. Like yeah. this, I sat on a sink. I was over. I did the ladies' lounge in the forum, which is the other <laughs> tiny room there. Yeah, and it's called the ladies' lounge because it was just the powder room yeah. for the ladies. Not a toilets. lounge. Not a yeah. lounge wouldn't fit in there. No, no. But God, look at us now. Look at us now. You've got a boat. I've got a I've boat. I've got bins. <laughs> Like, I love how you've got multiple bins. Yeah, multiple. I'll show you before you leave. Let's have our photo in the bin room to promote this episode. Oh, yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> Get in the bin. <laughs> no, but it's it, – I'm very I'm very proud of you because we pretty much started at exactly the same time, I yeah. think. Yeah. So, I mean, we've done different things and you're actually liked by our peers. I'm the most unpopular comic on the comic circuit. Um, <laughs> I don't know mistake. about oh, that. No, have you <laughs> – yeah. I've met some men. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have too. Hence why I'm unpopular. Um, but no, like you've people love you, and you are, and my audience love you. But you are a good, kind, and funny human with an obsession for birds that I love oh, so yeah. much. you I just want to give you. I'm going to give you like a minute or whatever just to nerd out on birds. Like you just go, you just let that brain wander. Like, tell me about oh. your favorite bird. You've done bird calendars. I just. I yeah. really love your passion. Okay, so the bird started uh, when I, I got a I, – I had a camera that I went through. I was going on a holiday and I went, oh. I want to get a nice good camera. And I got this digital camera and it had a zoom lens on it and the zoom it was in an aggressive side <laughs> zoom, right? So this thing would come out and I was like just practising in, in my backyard and I, I went, oh, I can get a photo of that bird over there. And then it was like – Okay, well, what bird is that? And then so it just became, it's like kind of like hunting for Pokemon, yes. you know, so you're just like, oh, what's that bird? So now it's like I kind of, you know, especially during lockdown, oh, my God, we'll just go for these walks or mm. just kind of sit under a tree and, you know, wait for this. Oh, I'm like, oh, I haven't seen that bird before and try and get a photo of a different bird each time. Yeah. And then you know, the more you learn, you, you know, you find like the eastern curlew is yeah. um, a, a, like it. You look at it and you're like, oh, whatever. It's got a really long beak and mm. it's just like an average. It's a big bird, but you're like, what's special? What's so special about this? What is? But it flies from Russia. No. And it comes over and it just oh. hangs out 
for a bit. It feeds up and then flies back again. And it's like from well, Russia. That's nuts. That's yeah. nuts. Yeah. I love random like, bird facts so much. Yeah, migratory birds are like, oh, my God. And then there's like the hooded plover, another tiny little bird, uh, and it was it's very endangered in, in um, Victoria mm. on the beaches because uh, they're just shit at making nests. So they just <laughs> go, oh, yeah, this looks like a nice spot on the beach up near the sand, like near the dunes, and yeah. they'll just kind of dig a hole and put their nest in there. But, of course, there's dogs and humans and yes. stuff and, and trample on yes. them. So, but luckily they have um, volunteers and stuff have set up nest boxes and stuff to, to protect them. So their numbers are, are going up because of all the work that lots of people have done over the last couple of years. So, but when you see, when you when I first saw one uh, in Victoria, like uh, in, down in South Gippsland, it was like, oh my God, this is one of those, this is one of those really rare endangered hooded plovers and it's, you know, it's oh, exciting. It is. Yeah. She should see her lip light up. <laughs> I just feel like a nature doc, you're, you're going to make one eventually. You oh, narrating nice. a nature yeah. documentary, just, it would, it's, it's all my, everything's colliding. I just, I think it's the next thing. <laughs> yeah. I really do. Just your passion but for birds. But it's just me going, have a look at this bird. But that's, that's what makes me, <laughs> that's what I prefer. Don't oh, give me yeah. too many facts. Give me yeah. how it makes you feel and why. Yeah. Oh, I love this bird. Look at that. Look at that bird. That's come from Russia. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> Take my money. I'm watching. <laughs> All right, Gerald and Hickey, what a surprise is on uh, Paramount Plus right now. But everyone, if you can, you always sell out very quickly. You're very popular. Yeah. Yes. Oh, well, I'm in a much bigger venue, so... Sell it. Um, we need to sell yeah, it. So need, yeah, so come, come along, please. Yeah, there are still plenty of tickets available at the Arts Centre in the Fairfax studio at 6 o'clock called Now I've Got a Boat. <laughs> and now you're off to the caravan show. So yeah, really, going to go to the caravan yeah, show. That's good. That's good. Um, and I, I reckon next year's show will be called "Of Course We've Got Horses." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Icky. Oh, mate, what a pleasure! Thanks so much for having me. Happy birthday! Yes, you're our first official guest in the studio. So happy birthday to you! Yes, happy, happy birthday you going to you! Yes, keep going. So it gets all I'm good. the first guest. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. My name is Jess. Happy birthday. The end. Love it. Thank you. <laughs> See you, Hickey. See you, mate. This is Emsolation. Okay, now we're almost at the end and at the top of the show I did promise you a little, little something, a little bit of Michael Lucas. I made an audio book called Try Hard and it was honestly one of the hardest things I've done because some of the chapters in my book are hectic and sad and traumatic and I didn't think about that. It was all fun and games and I was doing the audio book and I was talking about all the fun times. But then you hit the traumatic chapters and you're sitting there and you've got everyone watching you as you read aloud and you're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't think about this. Cool. But that's fine. The intro was written by Michael Lucas, of course, and when I first heard his recording of it, I had to pull my car over and have a quiet cry. You'll understand why when you hear it. So what you're going to hear it now, we're going to put it in right now, is Michael Lucas's forward to my audiobook, Try Hard. Parents in the late 80s and early 90s weren't big on hiring babysitters. When heading out for a work function, armed with a pouch of tobacco and a bottle or two of Riesling, they'd simply throw together a couple of random kids, generally linked only by their parents' workplace, and leave them with a $20 bill, a VHS rental of Total Recall, and the numbers for emergency services and takeaway pizza. It was 80s parenting and it was glorious. 
I was a pudgy, gentle, uncoordinated mummy's boy who was perpetually anxious about the kids I'd face on those long, isolated, pre-internet evenings. Some nights I'd be wedged with monosyllabic boys who farted symphonically and called me a spaz when it became apparent I didn't know how to play Mortal Kombat. Other nights I'd meet strange, slightly scary kids with names like Kane who knew the location of all their parents' hidden sex toys and were keen to provide a guided tour. But then one night, when I was 11, I was deposited with Amelia Rossiano. M was loud, she was brash, she was freckled. She called her parents by their first names when they were embarrassing her. She looked like Punky Brewster, filtered with Madonna, in the body of a sports nerd. She was as Italian as hot salami in a school lunchbox and as white bogan as John Farnham's golden mullet. She could deliver word-perfect quotes of every Olympia Dukakis line in Still Magnolias. She could smash a family-sized pizza. She could vogue. In short, she was everything a nerdy, pop-culture-obsessed pre-gay could ever wish for, and I knew at once our couch time would become a sacred ritual. The pre-teen M really knew how to fashion a couch for ultimate comfort. At a pinch, she would procure supplementary pillows from the bed in a dedicated mission to construct a veritable Taj Mahal of cushion bliss. We would thoroughly nestle in, get a VHS rolling, pour cups of Fanta, place remote controls and the Dolly Doctor columns at arm's reach, and the conversations would begin. The M that I'd chat to for hour upon hour on those nights, caught between childhood and adolescence, was very much the M who radiates out across innumerable platforms today. No filters, no judgement. She'd swing from giddy dissections of pop culture to brutally honest observations. We'd be laughing hysterically and we'd be fighting back tears. We'd divulge dreams, crushes, tragedies, and we'd ponder a dizzying array of questions about our future. Would M ever get breasts? Yes, briefly. Would we ever lose our virginity? Yes, but not for a hell of a long time and it would unfortunately be nothing like 90210. Would we know love, heartbreak, glory, failure? Tick, 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 tick. Would we stay friends? Would we fight? Would we always find our way back to each other? Yes, always. Would M ever realise that Material Girl was about capitalism, not about fabric? Not till a random conversation in 2015, no. A quarter of a century has now elapsed, but we've always found our way back to the couches. It was on a couch that I watched M weep, struggling to steer her way through postnatal depression. We were side by side on a couch when I blurted out that I had a crush on a boy. When we've endured our worst failures, when it's felt like the whole universe, or at the very least half of the Twitterverse, was laughing at us, the couches have caught our fall. I'm happy to report that we actually own the couches now, and the drink of choice is more Shiraz than Fanta. And M has not only lost her virginity, she's managed to breed not one, but two actual human beings. The eldest looks eerily like the M that I first met, but she's much more sensible. Chella will sometimes sit on the armchair beside us with earphones in, tapping at an iPad, seemingly disinterested. But I'd like to think that she's secretly listening in. I'd like to think she considers this bawdy and hilarious and soulful. But more realistically, I'd like to think she understands that all this, all the pouring out of hearts, the singing of Whitney, the interrogation, the togetherness, it's not a pit stop. It's not killing time before life kicks in. This is life, the stuff of life, the best of life. You'd think that after all this time, after establishing myself as the Barbara Hershey to M's Bette Midler, and after consciously planning to spend our autumn years on the couch armed with gin and turbans, I could pithily summarise the woman M's become. 
but I can't. I can't distill her. She's somehow fiercely maternal, yet still a truculent teenager. She has the insecurity of a person who spends entire nights awake, racked with self-doubt, and all the confidence of a woman who can talk about discharge on the stage of the Palais. She's a proud feminist, but that doesn't mean she's not taping the royal wedding. She can lose herself absolutely in the least convincing fantasy movie, but she could also deliver the most bracing of reality checks. It'd take a book to cover it all, so thank God she's delivered one. What I can do, however, very confidently, is recommend some reading conditions. Of course, I'm going to suggest you find a couch. You're going to need one where you can lay flat out. I'd suggest you supplement the existing cushions with other pillows if needs be. It's okay if you want to have YouTube on standby because God knows M doesn't have an attention span either. I'd advise you to pour a red, get some carbs, nestle in. What follows is silly and sacred, bawdy and heartfelt, the stuff of life. Michael Lucas. I know. It's very emotional to listen to. What a wonderful human he is. Yeah, I was so touched. It's nice. It's nice to have that out in the world, I think. Anytime I'm feeling like, am I a totally shit person that no one likes? Just pop that in. I've got the evidence. Someone out there gives a damn. No, I know you all give a damn too. That's it. You've done it. We're at the end. I'm trying not to be emotional, but, you know, I will be as I drive home today from the studio. Two years and the best is yet to come, I'm sure. I want to thank every single person that has been involved. My husband, Scotty, obviously was on the podcast early days. But that just didn't work out. Anyone who works with their spouse, I've tipped my hat to you. <laughs> Him and I have two very different styles. He wanted to prepare. I wanted to come in just fast and loose. And also we needed someone to look after Elio in the end. It was probably for the best. But uh, I want to thank Scotty. I want to thank my dad and mum who let me record there every now and then too during the pandemic. And I want to thank my team, James, Ben, Ezekiel, Gemma, Chella, Georgia, everyone who makes this possible. To Spotify, to Prithi especially, thank you for letting me make whatever the hell I want each week and being so encouraging. I've never had a more healthy relationship, I have to say. And the relationship is healthy because they leave me the fuck alone and pay me. So, I mean, you couldn't hope for more. And all of you, emsolators, of course, for being my people, our people, for getting it, for showing up. Onwards and upwards. Next week we'll be back with a live episode. The election will be in full swing. We can't wait. There's so many things to talk about. My National Press Club address is coming closer, even though it's in August. It's every day. Remember that show 24? Remember with Kiefer Sutherland? That's how it feels like in my head, a big red digital clock just clicking clicking down, ticking down to August. <laughs> I'm fine, guys. It's going to be great. Imagine imagine when, like, August ticks over and we're down on the 24th. I'm going to be unbearable. It's going to be just daily podcasts of me just going, I don't know if I can do this. It's going to be great. The amount of times I say it's going to be great, it's going to be fine, directly correlates to how stressed I am about it, just so everyone knows my language. Oh, there's some sirens. Yeah, that's about right. We'll end on that. All right. Thank you for being here. If you came to the live show, thank you for doing that. We're going to be doing more of those. We're going to be touring the podcast, I'd say, eventually, and some live streams, more live streams from the studio. I'm going to be setting that up as well. All right, that's all from me. Don't forget to follow us at Insulation Podcast on the Instagram Get the newsletter, become a ped pal, join the Facebook group. There are so many things you can do to become an emsolator. Be a patron. And to all our fabulous patrons, you've all been there from the start. There were times where you were literally paying. You were the only money coming in and I, all of you have stuck out and you are our foundation emsolators and I, I really thank you for that. That's enough from me. All right, guys, talk next week. 
Bye. Emsolation with M. Rossiano is a Spotify exclusive podcast recorded at Down the Hill Studios, hosted by M. Rossiano with Michael Lucas, executive produced by Benjamin Wosley, produced by M. Rossiano, edited by Ezekiel Fenn at Entente Music, with videos by James Henderson, socials by Marcella Rossiano Barrow, with assistance from Jem Evans and Georgia Watts, plus a Occasional offer shelf installs and flat pack wrangling from M's Dad Vinci. Get more Emsolation by following us on Instagram at Emsolation Podcast. You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter. Join other Emsolators of the Emsolation Group on Facebook. The answer is Harry Styles. And please take the time to share this podcast with a friend and make sure you're following us on the Spotify app by hitting the follow button. Thanks again for taking time out to listen to this week's episode and we look forward to chatting with you again soon. <laughs> <laughs>